Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, thank you so much. How's everybody doing? You good? You can go ahead and sit down, sit down. But while you sit down, you got to do me a favor. Look at somebody left or right. Stare them in the eye and say one word three times. Look at them and say, all right, all right, all right. Not bad, not bad. Turn to the person on the other side of you. Do it one more time. Say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, that's good. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all are not ready for me. Not ready for me. My name is Reggie. I live in South Florida, but I'm from right down the road, about 199 miles Knoxville, Tennessee. I was born there, raised there. Go Vols. That's the way it is, all right? But it's good to be with you. You don't, do you know what you've done? Let me just break it down only the way I can. You have invited a southern black gospel preacher up in your church. Well, now that's good. That's okay. Some of y'all know. For those of you who don't know what's about to happen, if you haven't seen a Medea movie lately, that's about to happen up in the house, okay? There's rules, three simple rules. They're easy. Just in case you're new to this, let me help you out. Rule number one, talk to your neighbor. You already did that. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to talk to you today. I'm going to talk to you, all right? Rule number two, talk to the preacher. Somebody say, come on, Reggie. Somebody say, preach it, Reggie. All right, and rule number three, just have a good time. That's all you got to do, have a good time. I want to say to your pastor and his beautiful wife, thank you for letting me be at your church today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for what you're doing in the state of Tennessee and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Clap for your pastor. Give him and his wife a hand. Thank you guys for what you're doing. That's good. Now let me show you how I grew up. It's only 200 miles, but 200 miles could be a long, long way. So if we go to Sunday morning at the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, where I grew up, the organ would start playing, and it may sound a little something like this.
One more? Okay, okay, now look, this is an oldie, and it has a lot to do with my sermon, so you're going to have to help me. You'll know when, but the first service did really good, but I was told 11 o'clock is better than the ninth. Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, it's about to go down. You know how good it's going to be when a black preacher has a white hanky? It's about to go down. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, here we go. I got two scriptures, one old school, one new school. For those of you who are not from that neighborhood, one New Testament and one Old Testament, all right? Uh, new Testament is new school. Okay, uh. Let's go new school. John chapter 16, verse 33. That's where we're going to start. And then put your finger there and go to the Old Testament, old school, to Psalms 23. Everybody would, should know that one. But we're going to start with the first. First of all, let me give you the title of my sermon. But the way we're going to do it is you've got to look at your neighbor, look him in the eye, and tell him the title. So look at somebody and say this. Everything's going to be all right. Look at somebody on the other side of you and say it again. Say, everything's going to be all right. Hey, before I even read the scripture, I was playing What a Wonderful World and uh, something that happened in the past. Um, you get more than the early service, all right? You get a little extra. I'm awake now, okay? One Christmas, and I, every Christmas, I rotate. Either the week before Christmas, I'll go to a prison and I'll do a saxophone concert in prison, which is the coolest thing ever, especially maximum security. When everybody's clinging their chains along with the beat, that's cool. 
And then the other opposite times, I will go to major inner cities to the uh, to refuges for kids and adults who have no homes. And I found myself in Atlantic City. And it was December 23rd. And I had done December 22nd at, at, at downtown at where they were feeding the poor and the homeless and it's cold and they had places for them to shower and to sleep. And there would be about three to 400 people at this. So I did December 22nd and on the 23rd, they called back and said that the speaker canceled. He said he wasn't coming because it's Christmas time and he needed to spend it with his family. And my wife looked at me and says, there ain't no way we can let that happen. Let's go back. Let's do it again. So me, my wife, and my son went back downtown Atlantic City. And uh, I did another program. But I, I didn't play What a Wonderful World. But at the end of the whole thing, I said, you know what, I'm going to do one more song. And I was tired. My lips were, you do a lot of music. And I dropped What a Wonderful World. And as I was playing over on the side, this man who had not had one expression, I cracked some funny jokes. He didn't laugh at nothing. I, I thought he died during the first song. <laughs> but during What a Wonderful World, he fell on the floor and started weeping. And when I got done, I just went over, got on my knees, and I said, are you Okay. He said, you don't know what you just did. He said, I want Jesus in my life. And so I led him to Jesus, led him to Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not you could be. It's not you might be. It says you will be. So no matter what you've done, you can't do nothing that can separate you from God. Hello? There was a demon-possessed man, and he said, the demon said, we legion for we many. And when Jesus cast them out, they went into 2,000 pigs and killed himself. But the Bible says before those demons came out of that man, that when when Jesus' foot hit the ground on the other side of the lake, that man ran to Jesus' feet. Do you know what that means? That 2,000 demons from hell can't stop you from getting to Jesus if you want to get there. I'm sorry. That's a whole nother sermon. I need to get back on track. Aren't you glad you came to the 11 o'clock service? Listen to me. You don't understand. God uses people even when I didn't know what I, I didn't know. There's a reason why that man didn't go on December 23rd. I needed to be there. There's a reason why I added what a wonderful world. He needed to hear it because he was about to go kill himself. He had his gun. He gave it to me that night. He said, I was going to listen to this, eat a one last meal, go by the, river, by the water, by the, on the beach, and shoot myself in the head with this gun. And he handed me the gun. He says, but my mama used to sing that song to me. When I was 16, 17, strung out on drugs, she would come in my room and sing What a Wonderful World and pray for me. And I said, God, if you love me tonight outside, if you love me, you'll show up doing this concert, this Christmas show. And the last song you played is my mama's song for me. I can't die. I need to get right with God. I said, well, I can help you with that. I believe God does that. Why? Because when you get Jesus, everything's going to be all right. Y'all ready? Everybody hit your neighbor and say, here we go. Hit your other neighbor and say, we're about to go. Let's read the first one. John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm limping because, let me explain why I'm limping. Seven weeks ago, I got total left knee replacement surgery. And uh, so this is like seven weeks into knee replacement surgery. I think I'm doing really good because I don't have no crutch, no nothing. I'm able to walk. 
Just saying. I'm just saying. Here we go. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Somebody look at your neighbor and say amen. amen. Now let me break it down for you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In who? In Jesus you find your peace. In God you find your peace. Not your wife, not your kids, not your job, not your money, and not that beautiful little car that you drive outside. Because you know how Tennessee people drive on I-40. You can lose that car in one smooth move. Somebody say amen. Why is it that it's always the ugliest vehicles on the road that run into BMWs? I'm just going to let that go, all right? So in Jesus, we have our faith. In Jesus, we find our hope. In Jesus, in Jesus. Somebody say, in Jesus. I got to get you in my boat. Y'all got to go for a ride with me. The only way for me to get you in my boat is to tell you who I am. Now, I was born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. All that's true. Everything happened. But my whole downhill spiral happened in the first grade. First grade. I go rocking up to Fair Garden Elementary School in East Knoxville. Walked in my class and sit down. And on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the teacher started every morning with the same thing. She took attendance. She read your first name and last name, and you said here or you said present. On Monday, she was going through everybody's name. She got to me and said, Reggie, and I said here. Tuesday, she went through everybody's name, got to me and said, Reggie, I said here. Wednesday, Thursday, it hit me every day that everybody had two names except me. I only had one. So on Friday, after she got done with attendance, I raised my hand. She said, if you got a question, raise your hand. So I raised my hand. She looked at me and said, can I help you, Reggie? I said, why does everybody have two names and why do I only have one? Immediately, a tear rolled down her face and she said, baby, I'm sorry, but you only have one name. And she started teaching the class. The next week was parent-teacher conference. I noticed my name at the top of the chalkboard. Some of you kids don't even know what a chalkboard is because you're privileged. <laughs> don't even get me started. Ever seen a phone book? No. Use a pay phone? No. Y'all don't know nothing. We didn't have seat belts. We had mama's right arm when I was growing up. <laughs> it's going to save everything. <laughs> Just everybody look at your neighbor and say, yeah, that's true. So watch this. All of a sudden, parent-teacher come. My parents show up. Sit down, teacher talks for five minutes. We walk outside. It's over. I notice something. All my friends are with their parents. All my friends' parents are young. But my parents are like old. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they old? Now, I ain't going to ask. There's a right time and the right place for everything. I learned that early in life. So I waited till we got in the car. I'm in the back seat. They're in the front seat. So I yelled to the front seat, hey, why y'all old? <laughs> Little brother, don't ever do that, all right? If you think your people old, keep it to yourself, okay? When we got home, my dad said, we got to talk. So they put me at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk? If you haven't, don't go. Look at me, girl. If you don't smell food, run, girl, run, okay? 
When we sit down, my dad started. My dad says, son, there's a plan for your life. I said, yes, sir. My mom looked at me and said, baby, I'm sorry. And she started crying. My mama cried for 10 minutes. My dad moved chairs, held my mom. I'm thinking, what did I do? All of a sudden, my dad said, tell him. And when my mom spoke, my whole life changed. My mom said, baby, I'm sorry I'm old, but I'm old because I'm not your mom. That's why you only have a first name. She said, you have a brother named Keith and two sisters, Anna and Jeanette. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept both your sisters. I'm sorry, baby, but your mama said that you were a mistake and she hated the day that you were born. But it's okay, we got you now. It's gonna be all right. She said, are you all right? I said, I'm fine, mom, I'm just tired. I wanna go to bed, it's the first time I lied. Anybody ever lie one time? Then you gotta lie again to cover up the first one. Then one day you look in the mirror, you don't even remember the first lie anymore. Now you're in trouble. All I know is this, from that night, voice in my head kept going, nobody wants you. Your own mama don't want you. But the devil's a liar. How do you say it, Mike? The devil's a punk? <laughs> I love that, man. My mom slept with a man for $20 to get food for my brother and my sisters after she was evicted from her house. There's like a seven-day period before the government comes in with food stamps. She never saw her husband again. He hid the letters of the eviction letters. He was on an abandoned farm in a chicken coop. She slept with a man and got pregnant, and I'm the result of that $20 bill. Don't feel sorry for me, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't feel sorry for me. I know who I am in Jesus, and that's all that matters. It's not how you start. It's how you finish the race, all right? And if you just give God the pen, he can write the rest of your story, and it'll be great. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Hey, y'all didn't know it, did you? You couldn't tell when I started. Y'all ain't never seen me before. Pastor goes, they're going to love you. Y'all don't even know who I am. But I'm going to tell you who I am. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus, and that's all that matters. My past is my history, and my future is my destiny. And if God can do that for me, he could do it for you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, the brother's starting to preach. Because everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Let's go to the next one. Old school, Old Testament. Hey, I grew up old school. I don't know. My foster care parents, they didn't play. Now listen, tonight, Monday and Tuesday, I'm with the young people. I'm with Freed, youth group, Freed. You hear that's the youth pastor yelling right there, all right? And you want to come. And if you got it, last week I preached in my home church, 4th of July. I got done. This lady came up and said, oh, you are so good. I wish my baby could have heard you. She's 14. She's so, she's so beautiful. I wish you could have saw her. And I went, I'm sorry for your loss. She went, oh, no, she's at home watching TV. Look, I don't know how many of y'all might have moved from California to Tennessee, but back in the day, we, we, there are two ways you grow up. Can I just take a break from the sermon? You either old school or new school. You raise your kids, old school or new school. To figure out, if you've never heard that, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. I'm going to start with a real one. Back in the day when I was in elementary school, I had some friends talk me into something I should have never done. And I did it because they the devil. And my friends never get caught. Me, I do one thing wrong, I get caught. What I didn't know, they called home before I got there. Now, if the school calls home before you get there, you're in trouble. So now look, I walk in the house, mama looks at me and says, the school called me, what did you do today? 
Now, new school, your mama look at you and say, I'm taking away your Xbox for seven days. Oh, look, kids are like, oh, my goodness, kill me. I don't want that. <laughs> Old school, tomorrow, you go to school with a limp. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but let's take it down the road. Let's say that you and your mom get in an argument, and you get all mad, and you get heated, and you go, I wish I was never born. I wish I was never born. I hate this family. And you run in your room, and you lock the door. New school, your mom comes in like Dr. Phil. <laughs> Baby, we got to talk. Come on, honey. We can't let the sun go down on wrath. Oh, God, hallelujah. Let's talk. New school, that's it. But old school. Mama pulls a Chuck Norris on the dough. And tomorrow you go to school with a limp. You know what I'm saying? That's how I grew up. So everybody, get a little old school on your children. Six o'clock tonight, I'm here in the youth room. Is that where we're going to be? In the youth room, it's going to be good. Some of you are like, I might want to come. Pretend you young, go get your Air Jordans, and let's go. All right? Let's go. Let's go. You're only as long, young as you think you are. So you got it? Grandma, come on, you got this. You're 16, looking all good in that family T-shirt. Let's go. Are y'all ready? Psalms 23, touch your neighbor and say, it's about to get real. Touch your other neighbor and say, here we go. Psalms 23, verse 1. Y'all know this, but let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I love that. Another version of this Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Don't you like that word, not want? That means I don't want nothing else. I don't need nothing else. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, it comforts me. Another version of verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know what I did? I Googled. I said, I said, hey, Siri, what's the definition of a shadow? And it says, when light comes between a solid object. So it makes a shadow. What makes a shadow? When light comes between a solid object. So I'm looking at King David, and he writes this, and he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So that means, guess what? No matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what the doctor report is, no matter what you're waiting for this morning, no matter how early you got up this morning, God is there. Why? Because in John chapter 1, he says this. He says, I am the light of the world. So if you're going through something difficult today, you're not by yourself. It may seem like you're by yourself. It may look like you're by yourself, but he's right there with you. He's right there beside you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Touch your other neighbor and say, you're not alone. You're not alone this morning. You're not alone. But there's a word in there. T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Through. Everybody say through. Come on, one more time. Say through. That's what I love about this. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Through, 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 through. You know what the problem is? Look at Reggie. Somebody stopped. You stopped in the valley. You were never meant to put up a tent and have a campfire. I hate camping. Black people don't do that. Our, our idea of roughing it is, is a holiday inn and the pool was closed stopped you stopped started making s'mores or whatever you do out there why would you stop in that valley you see the mountaintop is where we go to meet God but the valley is where he comes to save us that was really good 
Somebody's walking through. You know what I am this morning? I'm the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card you've ever seen in your entire life. And I came from heaven to tell you, it's going to be okay. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. It don't matter where you're from. What matters is who you choose to walk with through this valley. And hey, through, through. Touch your neighbor, say everything's going to be all right. Touch your other neighbor, say everything's going to be all right. Hey, y'all with me this morning? I feel the presence of God here today. I love people. I do anything for people. But I'll tell you something. Your youth pastor, Mike, craziest thing. I've known him for like 30 years now. And it ain't every year. But every now and then he'll call and go, hey, I need to get you on the calendar. Are you open these days? Every time he calls, I'm open on the dates that he wants. I have one weekend open in July. Here I am. Here I am. I know it's hard. I know it hurts. I know somebody in this room woke up before the sun even rose this morning and said, what am I going to do? Some of you opened the door and saw the rain and went, at least it feels on the outside the way I feel on the inside. But don't give up. I'm going to tell you right now, you know what you need to do? Leave the tent, leave the fire, leave the s'mores, and get yourself out of there. It's time to move. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to move. There was a woman who lived in the same community for over 60-something years. 65, 66 years in. Her husband died 60 years in living in the same house. They raised their kids in it. Now she's by herself. She made herself a good living. She had almost 200 kids in her daycare program. But even though she was retired and had someone else running it, she would go and just help feed the kids and just keep herself moving. Every morning, she'd walk out the front door onto her porch on her way to the daycare. And she said the same prayer. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for making a way. Thank you, Lord, for being my joy. My, Let me do something for you today. She'd walk off the porch and go to work. You know, neighbors come and neighbors go, and the house next to her got empty and was bought by one of those city slickers, you know, and Tom not. He was an atheist, didn't believe in God, didn't believe in nothing. But on that first morning, his bedroom window was by her front porch. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he heard, Thank you, Lord, for another day. He fell out of the bed. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every morning, he heard that lady pray. So one morning, he got up early, took a shower, got dressed, and said, I'm going to teach her. So when she got out and started her prayer, thank you, Lord, for another day. When she got done, he opened his front door, turned toward her, and yelled, there's no God. There's nothing. You're all alone. She just walked off the porch, went to work. Next morning, she walked out on the porch, pivoted to the left. Thank you, Lord, for another day. And it was on, y'all. Day after day, they went at it, went at it. But then, right, the city went dry. People moved. Her pension, everything that she had, she would give to families that were desperate. To the point to where she needed food. She had nothing left in her home. She walked out on the front porch that morning, and her prayer was different. And that man's waiting. And she goes, God, you know I love you. I've given everything away. 
today I'm hungry and I had nothing to eat. Make a way for me just a piece of bread like you did the prophet. And I'll love you even if you don't feed me. She walked off the porch and went to work. And that man didn't jump out. Instead, he had another thought. So he got in his car and he went down to Kroger's. He bought four of the biggest bags of groceries you've ever seen in your life, came back and put it by her door, took the day off work, waited for her to come back. When she came in the front yard and saw four big old bags of Kroger groceries, she was having a Jesus Holy Ghost moment in the front yard. She's doing the Jesus jig. She's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he ran outside and he went, no, no, thank you, Jesus. You made a way. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. He goes, Jesus didn't do it. There is no Jesus. I did it. I bought those groceries for you. It was me. And she said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you made the devil pay for it. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know him today? Where would I be without Jesus? I know if you see me walking on the street, you'd probably cross over to the other side. I love Jesus. Your young people will hear about it. I'll get into it. But at 13 years old, I decided to take my life 200 miles from here because nobody loved me and I only had a first name. My foster care dad, who's a school janitor, slept three nights by my bedroom door and heard me cry on the third morning and walked in. He walked in and he said, I'll never call you Reggie. I'll always call you son. My name is Reggie Dabbs. He gave me his last name. I'm the son of a janitor who showed me Jesus. And that's all I came to do for your young people and for you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, today's a good day because I love the way David did it. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm going to tell you what I did. The day I gave my life to Jesus, it didn't get better. It got worse. But you know what got better? I was not alone. Because he said, I'll be closer than a brother. From that day on, I was never by myself. And I can do anything if I'm not by myself. Do you know him? Do you need him? In the last two minutes of my sermon, I just got one more thing. I speak in public schools to the tune of 1.5 million students every year. The government says I'm one of the best. It's been about 10 years since I've done schools in in the middle Tennessee. But in October, I'm actually coming to Cookville to do all their schools. How many of you think I should come like the beach and do school? I should come back. It's been a long time since I've been with the Buccaneers. We're gonna work on that. But I went to South Africa, I do schools all over. From, I mean, you never heard of Tonga, you gotta go sometime. It's in the Asia Pacific, it's beautiful. Australia, New Zealand, Middle Asia, Singapore, China, Japan, South Africa, all over Europe. I do public schools. At 2.30 today, there's two boys playing in the Euro Cup who I've been to their school every year they were in high school. Every year I'd go to their school. One's wearing number 10. He's an incredible young man. Last name is Sterling. Beast of a player. But I led him to Christ when he was 13 years old got to understand the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want 
So I'm in Africa, and the tour was 14 days, but there was only 12 days of schools. And they came to me, and I said, I'm just going to go home. They go, you can't. We're surprising you. We're going to take you on what everybody comes to South Africa to see. See, all we have the greatest beast that roamed the planet Earth. And they, we're going to take you on what we call a safari. I'm from Knoxville. We don't have a safari. We have the Knoxville Zoo. And the elephant died three years before they put him in the cage. And they teach monkeys how to flip you off. It's just not good. Don't go there. She was crazy. All I know is this. I said, oh, what's, what's a safari? And they started laughing. They go, we get in Jeeps with no doors, no windows, no roof. And we go to where the lions live. We go to watch the elephants walk on the road with us. I'm like, no, 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 no. You just described sushi, and we're the fish, okay? But the animals were cool. Everything was great. But listen to me. The last thing that I saw on that safari changed my life. I saw sheep. <laughs> we're going down the hill, heading back to our camp, and all of a sudden there's 2,000 sheep on the road, heading down a little hill to a lake to drink in the afternoon. It's about 4 o'clock. Sun's starting to set. All of a sudden, we stopped the Jeep, and when we did, there's another 3,000 sheep behind us and another 2,000 walking around the Jeep. And these, like, four shepherds, and they're, like, talking to the driver. And I said, bruh, I got to ask. There's, like, eight to 10,000 sheep diving on each other, like kindergartners at a playground. And I said, how many sheep do you lose after drinking time? And the one shepherd goes, oh, none. We'll show you in a minute. Give him about five more minutes. So after five minutes, one of the shepherds goes, I got to go. He shook my hand and said, Reggie, nice to meet you. He said, I got dinner my wife made for me. He says, I'll go first. So he looked down the hill and went, hey! That's all he said. And about 2,000 sheep went, bah! And started following him. The other shepherd whistled twice, and another 3,500 sheep started following him. And my driver says, don't you get it now? The Lord is my shepherd. Should not want. David knew because when he was a kid before he faced Goliath, he killed a lion and a bear to save the sheep. So he knew if the Lord was his shepherd, that the Lord would stand between him and anything coming against him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But they knew his voice. Do you know his voice this morning? That no matter what the world brings this, this coming week, no matter what we hear on the news this coming week, still close our eyes and hear the voice of our shepherd because the Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl. God, I know you love us. I know you care about us. And I pray right now, God, that you would speak hope. God, you know who needs it today. You know who's hurting. You know who's desperate. And you know who's going through the valley right now. So I pray, God, that as my closing prayer closer to the end, that you would just give peace to who needs it, hope to who needs it. With every head bowed, no one looking around, if you're going through a valley right now, you say, Reggie, I need prayer. Can I pray for you? But I want to know who I'm praying for. Just raise your right hand and wave at me. You're going through a valley. You need prayer. I see those hands. I see you. I see you. Thanks for trusting me. Thanks for God, I pray right now that you would be a will within the will, that you would be their hope, that you would be their joy, and God, be their peace right now, even before the answer becomes a reality. Let them sit here today, walk to their car, start it up knowing that they got somebody with them. For the Lord is their shepherd.
no one looking, can I ask again, do you know Jesus? Is he your shepherd today? If not, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's kind of like the man on December 23rd in Atlantic City, New Jersey, who gave his life to Christ. Maybe today's your day, but I'm going to help you, but we all are because they call Christians saints. So I'm going to ask every saint to help me because every saint has a past and every sinner needs a future. And this is where those roads collide, at the salvation cross of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is ask him. So we're going to say a prayer, and I'm going to help you. You know if you need Jesus this morning. Come home. So saints, help me. Say it loud. Sinners, help yourself. Say it loud. Y'all ready? Everybody say, Jesus, this morning, I give you everything. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry for what I've done. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Right here. Right now, I give you everything, Jesus, because it's only in you that we find hope, and it's only in you where salvation comes. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With every head bowed, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you, this morning was your morning, and you said that prayer, and you meant it, the Bible says in Matthew, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. You this morning got right with God. I just want you to wave at me, and we're gonna, me and Pastor are going to wave back at you. Ready? One, two, three. You did it. Just wave, wave, wave. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Awesome. Good, good, good job. Good job. In Jesus' name. Everybody do me a favor and clap for those who got right with Jesus this morning. God bless you. Well, good morning, Freedom Church. I am so glad that you guys tuned in with us this morning. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ today, we wanna know about it. We wanna celebrate with you. So we have an online connection card. You can click the link in the description of the video that you're watching right now. Um, let us know about it. Let us know that you accepted Christ as your savior. Um, and also if you made any other next steps, whether you, know, you wanna be baptized or you wanna join a connection group or you wanna start serving, let us know about it. We want to connect with you. Even though right now we're online, we would just love to continue to connect with you through this season. All right, what's well, one of our favorite parts of the service? Yes, I did say favorite parts. We are going to give back to God. You know, the reason that God calls us to give with open hands is so that He can just continue to pour back into us. We want to be faithful with what He's given us. So if you're ready to give your tithe or offering, you can find links for that. You can go on our app to give um, and you can visit our website. You can also do it the old fashioned way. You can write a check. You can mail it to Freedom Church, 1010 Freedom Church Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Or you can just drop it by the church during the week, during our office hours, Monday through Thursday. So we just are so glad that you watched with us today. Um, we hope you tune back in next week and we'll see you soon.